0: The following podcast has adult themes, sexual content, and strong language, mostly because I have a potty mouth. Hi, I'm Adam, and this is Where Is My Nigerian Prince. Each episode, I tell the tale of my search for love, the highs, the lows, the utter embarrassments, and the hopefully funny side of single life today. I fully intend to rope in some friends to tell the stories along the way, and maybe together we can soothe the dating wounds of the entire world. Episode 9, A Hint of Things to Come and Other Insights. Last time we heard about Nick's Prince, but during our interview we digressed into many areas of interest around relationships and their complexities, the motivations for this podcast, and some things to come. So this time i brought to you some of those conversational meanderings, if only to share how similar we all are when it comes to love, even when we are different. So, let's jump right in. One of the reasons I started the podcast was because I heard the inventor of pop vinyl you know those little pop vinyl boys Yes who said, I started this because I liked it and I thought there must be somebody else out there who's crazy like me uh, <laughs> and I thought to myself yeah, I like it so maybe other people will like it too. So
1: uh, I wonder too whether sometimes we're so busy focused on the now that occasionally it is actually nice to reflect on how you got to this point or how life has helped shape oneself to get to this point, you know. I think that's a positive thing.
0: That's true. And I'm already starting to think about season two. I'm not sure how long season one goes for you. <laughs> but <laughs> season two is going to be one story one relationship that was eight years long and it's pivotal because I keep talking about or alluding to depression and it is the relationship that ultimately uncovered the depression. So that's the idea at the moment. After that, I'm like, I don't know. Well, I am considering creating some merchandise, but but I thought maybe what I'll do is do that between seasons (laughs) because the – the website and everything is woefully lacking in content. <laughs>
1: it's a work in progress. Everything yes. takes stages and steps. I was thinking, actually, after your last episode, I was thinking about those long-term relationships and how when you're not in one, let's face it, sex, you can... Find sex, you can have sex wherever you want, relatively easy in this day and age. You know, you can open an app, you can meet somebody down the road and wham, bam, you know, think, sir. However, I think what I love about relationships is the fact that it's the intimacy. And I don't mean, uh, yes, the physical relationship is very, very important. You've got a clerk, but when you have intimacy and you have love as part of the equation, That takes the physicality of it to a whole new level. So you've got that side, Mm. but also what you have when you have a companion beside you is you have that intimacy, which when I'm not in a relationship, that is what I miss the most, more than anything else. You know, and what I mean is the cuddling, the sharing of, you know, I've had a shit day today, or Mm. I've had a, oh, this happened at work today and this was amazing. And I think that. Um, you know the spooning in bed you know one of the things in my relationship now that we have a little dog in those moments of being in bed with our dog on the bed and we're just chatting about the day you know Mm. but those are the aspects of a relationship which take it to the next level I think yeah Yeah. the biggest problem for me is that maybe I'm shit at relationships (laughs) I'm not sure but you know
0: well when I look back on things I liken it back to that episode two probably one of the key things I ever learned in my life that saved my life which is that nothing is ever lost if you learn from your mistakes and I I broaden that to nothing's ever lost if you learn full stop so I don't consider any of my relationships mistakes I and consider totally them totally agree I consider totally them things agree. to learn from no regrets
1: in terms of my relationships, you know, and they each have had their own bent, as it were, you know, excuse the (laughs)
0: pun. But
1: um, I came out when I was 16 to my family and to my friends, you know, and in a time when I suppose in some respects it wasn't really done, you know. It was a time, I think the same year I came out was the same year that the Homosexual Law Reform Bill was passed, you know, where essentially it became speech marks legal. I think it was about 1987 or something like
0: that. So I know this is a question you should never ask a lady, but
1: (laughs) how old are you, Nick? Uh, So I am 45.
0: So you're not much older than me. I'm 42. Right. To come out at 16 in our age group, because we are basically the same age group, that's, to me, quite miraculous. I didn't come out to family until I was 21.
1: I I suppose when I say i come out, I'm more I fell out, really. You know, I fell out of the closet a little bit. Uh, What do you mean by that? (laughs) Well, look, I've always been a big queen, you Mm. know, and, and I think that those nearest and dearest to me probably knew before I did. I think I remember as a youngster, you know, fencing the boys in my classes you know and that was before i even knew what gay was you know it was before i had any understanding of physicality you know it was just that oh you know i had crushes and i didn't think anything ill of it i thought it was quite normal it wasn't until i got older in my teens where i started to understand about what society thought of the situation I thought oh so it's not normal I'm not meant to fall in love with guys I'm meant to fall in love with girls you know well that's
0: the very strange thing I had the same experience except that for some reason I knew that being gay was a problem so when I had those crushes I remember thinking to myself oh my god I hope I'm not gay
1: I remember thinking knowing nothing about about sex right mm. nothing whatsoever I remember thinking oh I want to have sex with him but no I better not because I might get pregnant anybody everybody's going to know <laughs> yeah. and it was a in comp- and Honestly, you know, it was like I was in the la-la land when I was 16. It it was such a difficult time in my life, and it's one that I would not want to repeat. And I think that that's why I really sensed a brotherhood with you when I listened to your stories, because I, honest to God, if you said to me, do you want to go back and do that time again, I'd be running the other way. You know, Mm. it was a very difficult time in my life. And part of it was I had a very, very close relationship with my mum. And I was starting to explore my sexuality in terms of meeting guys and going out and what have you. And I didn't like what I felt was not being honest with my mum, you Mm. know. And that's how it sort of came about. And to her credit, an amazing woman, now nearly 80, um, she had no knowledge of those things. you know. I came from a very old-fashioned home, I suppose, in that respect. And at the end of the day, love conquered all our relationship our love with each other has been and has always been more important than that aspect of the fact she has never had grandchildren from me she's got a grand dog which she loves you know and a huge credit to her really you know, Mm. in that respect. It was a horrendous time, really, a difficult time in my life, but one that, I mean, it is what it is. It's helped shape me for who I am today, I suppose. Mm. Um, And I think that what happens when you're 16 or 15, 16, 17, you're trying to understand who you are, what happens in terms of what role models do you have, you know, Mm. as as a young, at that stage, as a young gay man? That was another reason why I came out you know, at 16 and it was the most freeing thing I have ever done in my life because I've lived my whole life as Nick the gay guy, but it became a non-issue, you know, Mm. very fast in my life. A very good friend of mine is quite active on those sites, right, where you can go online, you have an app, you can meet up with guys. And what's interesting about that is that the number of straight men that he hooks up for sex, that doesn't need to happen in this day and age in terms of people still living in the closet. And in that situation, I think nobody wins. They don't win. The wives don't win. You know, it just blows me away, don't you think?
0: Well... I can admit that there was once somebody, she would be horrified if I gave her name. (laughs) Her and I were very, very close. She was an artist and um, she was so much fun. And we used to go and do stuff together. So I remember one day when I went everywhere on bicycle, she was on my handlebars and we were riding to the swimming pool. So she sort of had to lean into my chest. And it was very unintentionally and innocently intimate. And I had a moment where I went, oh, do I like girls all of a sudden? Um, Never acted on it or yeah. whatever, but I do remember that, and then very quickly after that was, ooh, vagina. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just think that sexuality appears to be, as as the human race is maturing a little bit and we're starting to stop being such children about sex, we're starting to discover that it's a much more complicated thing mm. than we ever thought it was.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. about taking away the social barriers or what people construe as social norms, because I think you're absolutely right. I think it really just comes down to the individual, Mm. because it's not about who you fancy. For most people, if they struggle, it's about the environment around them. It's about how people feel about it. It's about, you know, I'll be ostracized, and some people are, and all that stuff. Mm. If you take away those layers, then it's a lot more pure than that, you know?
0: What I've had to learn as of the end of my last relationship was to actually just be happy being me and being Absolutely. single. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make in general is that we let a fear, whatever that fear might be, uh-huh. decide our direction. And my fear was being alone and it was yeah. stoked by loneliness. And so many, many of the mistakes that I made and the relationships that I've been through are all bound up in that fear of being alone. And the last episode that I talked of really stoked the fires of that fear. And... basically brought about many things that's right yeah
1: because of that fear you actually make not such good decisions about things so for example staying with somebody who you know is not quite right or whatever Mm. but it's that fear of being alone or the fear of loneliness that stops you from making that difficult decision guilty guilty as charged that's me to a t as well You know, and I think, you know, we fucking should know better, shouldn't we, by now at our age, you know? But
0: well, I think I do now.
1: (laughs) That's good.
0: Uh, I'm not sure if and when I'll talk about it, but I have an Arabian Prince story, one, and he is the most recent. And weirdly, we can't be together. Yeah. I don't want to give away too much of it. We can't be together, but I actually think he may have been a soulmate. And that's thrown me for a loop, and it's possibly one of the things that has created this podcast to come.
1: Why is it throwing you into a loop, Mr. Adam?
0: I'm not going to answer that because it has to happen in an episode where I'm talking (laughs) about my Arabian prince, and I don't know when I'll do that episode. But having been diagnosed with and medicated for depression, and yeah. understanding how that completely changed my decision-making process, yeah, it's like a light bulb has gone on for me. It's like right. before that, I had a massive devil on one shoulder yeah. who said and encouraged everything wrong. You're dumb. You're fat. You're ugly. You're dirty. Yeah. You're wrong. No one will love you. You should be alone. You're going to die alone. Yeah, yeah, Just constantly all of those sorts of thoughts. Yeah. And the angel on the other side who was fighting against him, depending on what was going on, would sometimes huh. fight him back, but would often fail to fight back that negative voice. Right. And once I got on medication, the negative voice was gone. Right. And it's still there. There's, you know, I still fear Uh, things like normal people who you fear. You have to have some fear, but I'm able to overcome it, hence the podcast and stuff. So it's something that I've been thinking about. So, yeah, so I think I will talk a little bit about the, the the other areas. But I think now that we're at 50 minutes, I've probably got enough content to push together something good. So, thank you so much, Nick. You have been so much fun to talk with, and I hope maybe we get to hear from you again sometime.
1: No worries. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Tom, and best of luck with the podcast.
0: This has been a production of Adam Wright. I hold the copyright to this material. A huge thanks to my talented niece Grace Beard for turning my poorly written music into the theme music of Where's My Nigerian Prince. Next time I'll be back with episode 10. Run my forest prince, run. Meanwhile, please send any feedback or comments or requests to Where's My Nigerian Prince on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Gmail and at wheresmynigerianprince.com please spread the word. And don't forget to rate me on iTunes. Thank you. Oh, don't forget the most important thing. Love yourself.